I, I remember in, in Saudi Arabia, I was assistant coach actually at that time with the, with the coach from Holland. It was my second year uh, actually in, in the Middle East. I remember that we wanted to, want to make a substitution. So the player who already did the substitution uh, was uh, did his warm-up. He was ready to come inside. He was standing with the four officials to come inside. And suddenly uh, the, the referee said, no, he cannot come inside. His haircut, he was shaved on the side. That was that was not appropriate. Yeah, that was very funny. In Saudi Arabia, if you go into the locker rooms, there is a is a thing hanging on the on the in the locker room where it's actually pictured how your hair should be, be cut. It was, it was weird. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Injury Time. I am Sandeep Menon, and this week, as I'm sure as you would have figured out by now. Our guest is Elko Shatori, the former Kerala Blasters manager. The Dutchman was kind enough to give an interview and was candid also in his chats about uh, Kerala Blasters, the season he's had, the time he spent in North East United, East Bengal, his career and his life as a whole. It's a chat that's worth the time for every Indian football fan. But before we get right into it, I would like to add that you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InjuryTimeIND and we even have a YouTube page called Injury Time Podcast. We're hoping to add more content as time goes on. Now, after the shameless plug, on with the show. Thank you for uh, agreeing to come on this on such quick notice. So, how have you been? Uh, I'm okay, of course. Uh trying to cope with uh, with staying inside uh, that much uh, and uh, meaning the walls coming from left and right i i'm more of an active person i like to go outside but uh, that's for everyone everyone the same but i said it many times before i'm also someone who keeps himself busy very well uh, so uh, i'm not easily bored so under the circumstances i'm doing well at home so we're healthy that's the most important yes it's been like you said walls are really starting to close in now because of yes, all true, the time. True. It's not easy, especially when you with, uh, I have a small family, my wife and my, my son. So I, I imagine if you are with more people at home, when you have a bigger family and you are constantly on each other's lip, that makes it even more tension. But uh, so I have some space, so that that's good. Yeah, I'm staying with my friends over here in a 5BHK. So we are on, all right. right now, uh, you, sent, you said, where is your uh, invitation, right? I was shouting at my roommate for cleaning the kitchen because he has left as a <laughs> complete mess. Yeah, so, it, for sure. It, it tests your patience, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, coming back to football, uh, first of all, commiserations uh, for your time in Kerala Blasters and uh, what's That's happened right. there. So what's the uh, plan now going forward? Do you have anything in the works? At the moment, it is very quiet. That means everywhere in the world, uh, most clubs uh, are um, yeah, either in the background being busy, but uh, you don't see much movement because of, the, of course, the coronavirus issue. Uh, for me, at the moment, I'm looking for new options. Um, I'm reaching out uh, to European clubs, especially in, in Holland or Germany. Uh, but it's not easy, especially because I'm away for a long time. Uh, when you're outside your country for a long time, it's sometimes very difficult to come back. Uh, but I'm looking to to look for options anywhere. 
Uh, as I said, I worked in Africa, uh, in Asia, many countries. I'm, I'm living in the Middle East. I, I, I live in Oman, actually. Uh, so I'm, I'm reaching out, letting uh, my agents know. And uh, till now, nothing concrete happened. So, so let's see. Hopefully something soon because uh, everyone wants to secure a new job. So how is this period? Because as a coach and a football player, the summer transfer window is when you don't have a contract or you don't know next. How do you deal with that situation? Because generally people don't deal with that. Most of the people work, you know, from one job, maybe they get another job and move on. Yeah, see, see the difficult thing is always that if you step into a job, uh, and that happened to me actually last year also with, uh, with Kerala, um, is that you, when you're not part of the recruitment, especially the local recruitment, in this case for Indian recruitment, that was already done uh, by Kerala. So the longer you wait, the longer you, you get into uh, yeah, securing a contract, the less you will be involved in recruitment. And in the end, I really believe uh, in any job, it doesn't matter whatever you do, recruitment is one of the key elements of uh, building a good team and either that's a yeah i just make it simple in an office team or a lawyer uh, uh, an, uh, an office of lawyers or doesn't matter whatever job you have recruiting the right people it's not always about the best quality people but the right people that are uh, fitting into uh, to a puzzle of a team um, i always remember uh, a quote of uh, johan cruyff uh, you don't recruit the best possible 11, but the possible uh, best fitting 11, uh, if you understand what I'm saying. So, so finding the best balance. And if you're not part of that recruitment, if you're stepping out of that uh, because the, the club is doing that, that is always difficult for a coach. So the longer you're, uh, you're waiting for a job, the, uh, the, the less influence you have. And yeah, that is always difficult because in the end, the coach will, will be blamed uh, in the end for the results. Uh, and uh, if you can build together, uh, and I go back, uh, for instance, to uh, Manchester United, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, who was for 20 years a coach um, who built uh, great teams together with the club. Yeah, that, that, that's the, the perfect way of working. So I think that... That answers your, your question. So the sooner you have a club, the better. So the, also the sooner you are involved in the recruitment because that's key. Last season, we were in Kerala Blasters. You had sort of an okay season, a lot of injuries, a lot of players uh, in and out of the team, chopping and changing. So and the year before, you, had, you were in Northeast and were the first time they qualified for the ISL semifinals. It was a great season for you. So how would you contrast these two seasons? Uh, that is very easy. Um, if you look at Northeast, uh, the, the recruitment was actually not done by me. It was done by the club. Uh, and I'm talking about mainly the foreigners. Um, but the players that were brought in, they had the fantastic characters. They were really good, good players. We had a very difficult uh, preseason. But I had most of the players from the start of when uh, from the preseason and if you look at if you would go look at the uh, from the first game till the last game with northeast you will see that probably 80 percent of the games was all the time played with the same players um, the bad luck we had was in the end of the season and that's also by the way in isl you see uh, many times uh, like bart obeche 
got uh, got an injury on his hamstring and that was because he played all the games he played from the first game till the last game uh, but in the semi-final uh, or the first semi-final he got an injury uh, this player for instance is um is a bit older at that time he was 35 or 36 uh, and if you don't have a backup a proper backup then he will be overloaded and it was not a surprise that that a player like that will be more vulnerable for an injury so the northeast situation was 80 maybe 90 percent i never checked it but for sure 80 percent of the games was always the same team here and there sometimes small but uh, we didn't have a depth a deep squad that means you didn't have much uh, uh, opportunities to change a lot um but that led to a certain result. And in the end, in the end, we, we got injuries in, in the semi-final with Borges, with uh, um, part of Beche uh, against Bangaluru away game. Uh, Federico got, uh, got his kick. So these were injuries, contact injuries. That's why I didn't, that's why I think we didn't reach the final. This year with Kerala, uh, it had complete different reasons. We had a wider squad. A young squad. We had the youngest squad, actually, an average age in the in the league. Um, but from the beginning, on arrival, I had uh, already two players injured. Jairo, uh, he came with an injury. Uh, he played the first four games with an injection. Mario, who who arrived with an injury. And the reason why we had many injuries during the whole year, yeah, that is something I can't elaborate on, because this is. Yeah, the club will not like that. That will be critical towards the club. But uh, for sure, it's something that uh, I address it to the club. But that it's something that was not in my hands. And uh, that influenced hugely our uh, our season. A big part was that also the pre-season planning. Physical preparation starts at, uh, at the pre-season. And that's why we had, uh, had many injuries. And that's why we couldn't get the results. So I think... The quality of the team that we had this year with uh, Kerala was better. We had a deeper squad, a wider squad. Uh, but with Northeast, we played all the games together. And I said it so many times before, um, it really annoys me when, when people somehow think these are excuses. And uh, if you look at teams like um, uh, what's uh, Odisha or even... Um, uh, Jamshedpur, who lost their striker, so they lost only one player, how much they were struggling. And I lost yeah, so many players all the time, especially midfield, especially defense. Yeah, that, yeah you can imagine uh, yeah, what influence that has. It's, yeah, it's, it's for me self-explanatory. The Kerala has this very dirty habit of not giving coaches time. Uh, and there was no, I, think, that... I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're following the news, but that's already uh, announced. They they already yeah, yeah. signed a new coach. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, for me, uh, as I said, highly, highly disappointed that I couldn't uh, finish and continue that job, because I know that I what I did with the, under the circumstances was was trying to build uh, the the team uh, under difficult circumstances and to get the real results that would have been a good uh, good option for the upcoming season. But unfortunately, they chose a different road. And I also think you did something interesting with Sahal last year because he is one of those players who a lot of people are expecting to be the next big thing. But uh, for all, he's very good in the, on the eye, the way he plays and everything. But his numbers have not been up there. It's, it's, been, it's been the case for a long time now. And uh, last year, yeah. you pulled it up. Yeah, so what was yeah, that? Yeah, that, that's it. A, it's, a, it's a thing is, 
uh, and I compared it. I had an interview a few days ago where I compare it with if you, if if especially for a man, if you see a beautiful lady who the aesthetics, she looks very beautiful. You're very easily distracted on on the actual character of uh, of the the woman. So it's the same thing in football. A coach is. Um, is uh, uh, judged by his results but for him to get the results uh, yeah he can have certain excuses and by excuses I mean reasons it's the same for a player Sahal is a player on the eye has fantastic skills but the effectiveness over yeah I, I, I said it yeah I had 47 games I took 47 games from this season the last season plus the national team altogether had two assists and one goal that's not that's not high for a very attacking, promising player. But I never made a problem out of that, because I know that a player uh, who is young, who still needs to learn, uh, who will get his time. But yeah, in the end, people keep looking at yeah, uh, if he if he made one nutmeg or a beautiful dribble, then yeah, why is he not playing? So it it has to be in a, in in a relationship to uh, to what actually is the outcome, and. Some players, and I go back to um, uh, Jessel, who played the last seasons in uh, in the Goa League, and that is like lower than I League. He actually picked up very quickly, but he also has more experience. He is longer into football. He's, he's actually not young, but he picked up very quick the information. And for Sahel, it was a complete different story. I still stand behind my statements that I would make him the best uh, Indian uh, midfielder out there if you get the time. But in the end, it also has to start with the player to pick up uh, information. And he was starting to to be better in the end of the season where he got more playing time. Coming to India, you came with Para, uh, Parag United first time. Yes. So what was the culture shock that you had when you came to India from Middle East and Europe and all those experiences? Um the thing is, I'm a very cultural and adventurous person. That means I love uh, to explore uh, uh, new cultures, new uh, new people, new uh, new way of, of living. Um, and when you come from, uh, I was already in in Africa, uh, so you you know what what countries who who have poverty uh, in their country. Uh, yeah, in India, my my biggest shock was that. There's such a big difference between. There's only a small percentage, I think, who have a lot of money. Uh, there will be a middle class, but not, not really. Uh, but you see, yeah, people who live on the street, and and uh, yeah, that is not easy to see. Uh, at the same time, if I see and that I really admire on the Indian culture is Indian people overall don't see too many problems. What I mean by that is whatever happens, we keep going, we, uh, we take it as it is, so they can easily live under, under difficult circumstances. And that's something I always admired. Um, so I saw beautiful things. I saw, and by awful, by bad things, I mean the poverty that people really, really poor. But in the end, what I always took out of, of it is that the Indian people always have, have this attitude of there will always be a way. There will always be, uh, we will get out of it. That, that, that's something I always admired. Yeah, we are uh, optimistic to a fault sometimes. Having said that, I really admire that, but there is also there is a, a very positive part to it, but also a, a negative part to it. Uh, the positive part is that whatever challenge is put in front of you will keep going, but if you're too optimistic always, you know, always sometimes 
uh, don't see the reality of, of sometimes. And I see that many times in football uh, where, where people just think, oh, it's not a problem. But you need to see reality. If you really want to grow, if you really want to build something, you will have to put certain uh, structures in place. They don't come by itself. They don't, they don't just appear or they don't just come by good hope. Or, uh, and if you see, for instance, this is something interesting to me, is if you look at Kerala Blasters, I saw yesterday an article uh, about uh, the new coach. And the first thing he said is uh, we need to, uh, the fans, we need to connect to the fans. But that same story was last year. And that same story was that last year before. And what I mean is the new hope, it's always new hope. People have always this thing of, oh, now it's going to happen. And everyone gets excited again. But actually building things take time. It's not just, okay, we bring in the next new thing and he will uh, will make it happen. And that's not how it works. So it has good things, but also at the same thing, you need to be a bit re- realistic. Yeah, I mean, Kerala Blasters, so we have this running joke. I'm a local Kerala FC fan because they play in my hometown. So uh, yeah. there is a sort of rivalry, but as a professional who covers uh, football, you don't get into all of these, but then you look at Kerala Blasters and see every year they make the same mistakes again and again and again. And at some point you'll have to look beyond the coach and the players to see where the mistake is. That's, at least that's where uh, I am coming from. Because they have a stadium, they have the fans, everything is there yeah. built for them. Fans but- love that. Look, if, if, if you're a little bit intelligent, if you have a little bit of brains, and I go back, I go to the highest, highest level, Manchester United. Manchester United had for 20 years or longer uh, Sir Alec Ferguson. That means this guy for 20 years built a structure and basically the club was Sir Alec Ferguson. Now suddenly you take out this coach and you bring in a new investor um, and the, 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 the setup of the club, the structure of the club changes. So you go from, from somebody who always run the club for 20 years to a, you bring in a coach who doesn't know the club. That means it will take time to rebuild it. Till today, till today they still didn't. And it's, we're already five or six coaches further. That means Mourinho, Van Gaal, uh, what's his name again? The, the coach from Everton before. Yes. So, and the, all these coaches are fantastic coaches. They are good coaches. They have proven that with other clubs, but somehow it doesn't work. And if you focus, if you focus on just that coach that season, you will say he didn't do well and the coach is shit. But that is nonsense. So that means there's a structure behind it. You need to see the bigger picture that there is a reason why things uh, don't work. And I call them dynamics. There are so many dynamics around the club that people don't see, uh, but they have a huge influence. And that's the same thing with Kerala. Uh, otherwise, in, in six seasons, you don't have uh, nine coaches. That speaks for itself. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, another place that you coached in East Bengal, which is, again, a similar kind of uh, club with a lot of coaches, similar. turnovers. So what was your experience I there? mean, uh, East Bengal is really a fantastic club. You know, when you get at a club where you where you where you feel that, that everyone loves this club, there's a lot of attention, media attention, and uh, it, it's a club. Uh, but in the last, I don't know how many years, they don't manage to become champion. You cannot just blame the coaches and the players. That is nonsense. So y- you really need to, you, and I have a perfect, fantastic presentation that I, uh, that I have. Basically, the way I look at football is, one, 
uh, how do you see football? That means which facts, and I'm talking about facts, can you come up with that, that apply either you are in India or in England, whatever, which facts uh, apply to a football game that you, can, uh, that you can analyze football? How do you see the football? And you will see a lot of um, uh, subjective uh, analysis of football while I try to find objective ways of analyzing football. Second thing is the forces around a football club. And this is the presentation I was talking about is that with, there are more forces around the football club uh, that influence a football team than only the coach and the players. And if you know what those forces are, if you can, can uh, picture them, and most can't, most people can't, even people who run a club, yeah, then you get into emotional uh, uh, decision making and mostly that is always kick the coach out. And we move to the next one. But instead of looking what is actually driving a club and what influences we need to have, uh, yeah, most most clubs don't do that. East Bengal, uh, and there are so many examples, and I, I don't want to speak bad about any club, but it, it's just reality. You cannot tell me that if in 10 years, if you have such a fan base, you have just such a beautiful club, you cannot manage to become champion or close to champion, then you're doing something wrong. That cannot just be the coach. It, it's, it's that simple. The problem is, if you're honest about this, if you and, and with the heart from my heart, I would step into a club to help the club. But if you're critical, many people don't like that because it's always say, yeah, it, it's it's the coach or the players, mostly the coach. While, while the intention is to actually build the club and help the club. And in the end, you will pay the price and they kick you out anyway for, for mistakes that other people make. So how, how do you deal with this? Uh, you are very active on social media, of course. So how do you deal with this uh, negativity, let's say from Kerala fans or Kolkata fans, because they all have certain point of view. I mean, Kerala, I think a large part of them were quite uh, happy to have you and were good to you. But, but how do you deal with the negative side of it? Yeah, but that's the part when, when eventually you get the, if you get the chance to build something, eventually a positive result will make those people change. I can't blame I can't blame uh, uh, supporters for being angry of uh, losing a game. But the better a club communicates to its players to explain things, why, how and what, the more patient they will be. Eventually, as a coach, you need to bring results. But if you have the structure in place to build something, then the results will come. So if uh, supporters start blaming you for things that... For instance, there are so many times questions are asked in a in uh, press conference where I even can't answer. I can't be honest. I can't be straightforward saying what's going on because these things you work out with the club. But in the end, you're getting blamed for that and the club doesn't take responsibility on mistakes they made. Yeah, that is difficult. But yeah, in the end, um, part of the job. Uh, secondly, uh, also, yeah, sometimes supporters who never ever played one little bit of football or have any knowledge about top sport, what it actually means, and blaming you and ranting you, yeah, that is what it is. Uh, and I, you said I'm very active on social media. It's the reason, especially in India, is because I, I, I try to explain without going into deep discussions because I don't think clubs really communicate with with supporters that uh, that well. And I think that's a big, a very uh, uh, big part of of a club uh, that you need to lay out, be transparent on what you're doing, because that's how you get understanding. Communication decides the quality of your life on a one-on-one -on -one relationship, what you and me are now doing, 
uh, is uh, uh, having an interview, but at the same time, if you want to understand what I, how I think, it's the only way to communicate. That also means on a, on a bigger scale. If you don't communicate to your supporters in a proper way, you will never get proper results. Without, you don't have to always go into details, but you need to create platforms and do things to, to make each other understand. Otherwise, you will never get results in anything in life. And between Kolkata and Kerala, uh, just purely on the footballing fans and the support and those kind of things, like what is the difference that you see? Mm, both both uh, supporters are very passionate. Uh, so if you ask me, like, what what are the differences? Uh, yeah, not not too much. If you ask me, the only thing is uh, in Kerala, I got a little bit longer time uh, than in Ismigal. Ismigal was only a very short period because I I only I came in February and and the 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 league was still April or something. So it was after the first ISL. So it was a very short short period of time and to have impact as a coach you need longer time um, but with Kerala in the end I feel from what I can see is like uh, maybe 60% of the support maybe more I don't know uh, at least show some some uh, uh, affiliation with uh, with with my my way of working and they showed certain respect so they were happy I don't think in the history of, of, of uh, Kerala the coach who didn't even qualify was still uh, communicated to that they would love him to stay. I don't think that happened in Kerala. So uh, I think there, yeah, I, I, I did something good, I think. I remember looking through the season and sometimes thinking, okay, what is this? It's too many errors from the defense and those kind of things. But at the back of my mind, I am all, because of the history, I'm also aware that the management is making a lot of errors there. And I know yeah. the, so I keep thinking, okay, sometimes I do get annoyed saying, oh, what is this? Like, uh, how That's can fine. That Chennai, Chennai game, when that ball went over the top and there was this whole... Like, those mistakes are very right. silly things to make from a defense. Okay, but I will give you... You, you, yeah. you just mentioned, you, ju you just said those error, those defensive errors. Error yeah, mistakes. defensive errors. Error. Yeah, but do you know that from all the goals that we got against us, maybe mm. only three or four goals in total were by defensive mistakes? All the other ones have different reasons. So that means you can make a defensive mistake, but it's an... It's an accumulation from a mistake before. And to go back to a Chennai, uh, yeah. both Chennai games, I didn't coach. I was outside yeah, the, outside, the yeah. team. All games I coach, we didn't, any game we lost, we never lost with one, more than one goal. The two games I didn't coach, uh, we lost the 3-1 and 6-3. Mm -hmm. Just so believe me how frustrated I was. But if we go back to... Um, the home game against Chennai till the 38 minute, till the 38 minute, Chennai did not create one chance. Till uh, the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper has the ball in his foot, gives it to yeah. Chennai, and scores. Even my goalkeepers, I never tell them uh, to force them to play football. If you don't feel comfortable, you kick the ball forward. But then you get people starting. Oh, the coach wants to do something that the players cannot do. Well, that's complete nonsense. But, uh, and at that, at that case, the goalkeeper, TP was at that time to go, his thought process, his mistakes, you can go back to in his career, he made more of those mistakes. I didn't recruit him. So the point is, if you want to uh, implement, I go back to, uh, I will give you an example, Goa. Goa has a fantastic goalkeeper uh, who is good in his feet. Also, also with his hand. But last year, 
in uh, in the final of the uh, ISL. Um, Beke, he had his header from almost the yeah. box of the 16 and he didn't catch the ball because he's too small. So what I want to say is a goalkeeper is extremely important. He has the right quality uh, to play. Uh, he is also a good goalkeeper, but he's not very, very, very tall. So he, he lacks there on that level to f finally uh, uh, win the, the, the final. And what I want to say is, in, in, in this case, when we go back to, to, to uh, our goalkeepers, all three goalkeepers, all three goalkeepers, in my opinion, two were too young and one. Uh, um, he's a good goalkeeper, but makes always decisive mistakes. And that is something I don't control. If you if you ask me to bring a, a goalkeeper, I bring the one that I would really like. And then people yeah, will blame you as a coach for that. Would it say football has treated you well? Because you get to travel, you get to experience so, so much culture. Uh, you obviously get paid for it. And then you live in different countries. So many avenues open. Uh, as a as a person, as a, as me as a person, you, you as a person, fantastic. Yes. Yeah, it's, an, it's a fantastic experience because you uh, you you get to meet other people. You, you travel, you get paid for it. The different cultures. So as a person, you learn a lot. As a football coach, so as a football coach, I learned a lot, uh, especially because almost all jobs that I had. Um, and that's a difficult that's a difficulty of having a smaller CV or a smaller background. You come into clubs that you every time have to prove yourself. Uh, I would love to get a job where I said I can choose the players that I want and I can uh, a club that already has established itself. But all those jobs lately are all jobs where you every time have to prove yourself, and that's very difficult. As a, as a coach, I developed a lot. You develop a lot. But in the end, to get results, that's what you judged for. So for, for to make that next step, to go higher up, that, 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 uh, yeah, that is difficult. Because uh, in the end, um, yeah, you will be judged about certain results. And I got results at a few clubs. But, but uh, I think to get championships, yeah, you need to... To, to get a chance at a club where the club stands behind you and where you have an, an opportunity to really build and, and choose the, 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 the players you want. And I go back to Mourinho. Uh, Mourinho is, is now struggling the last few years, but the years before, he always got to choose the players he really wanted. And that's a key part of, of, of his process. Do I think Mourinho is the type of coach that I would like to be? No, because he's a defensive coach. I would like to be Guardiola. Uh, but Guardiola is the same thing. Uh, great coach. Uh, I have a lot of similar ideas. Uh, there are a lot of, of, of things I like. But if you, if you get the chance to Barcelona, uh, he got the chance at Barcelona because Johan Cruyff uh, pushed him forward. Uh, his first game uh, in Barcelona, he lost. he lost, and there were a lot of of of, uh, of of question marks. And did we make the right decision? But eventually, you get if the club stands behind you, you will build. And and yeah, that that's a key thing in the development of a coach. So as a person, fantastic. As a coach, I wish I get a little bit better platform to uh, to grow myself as a coach uh, further and 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 get also uh, good results or better, even better results. Do you think any club in India uh, does a good job with that? Like, if you look at the teams, I think only BFC has a sort of continuation in Bangalore. 
BFC in the last six seasons from actually when I came back uh, when I was the second year in India BFC started I remember yeah. uh, Ashley, Ashley Westwood good. started yeah. I remember that club started the first seven home games six or seven home games they, yeah. they played seven home games and they could not get relegated so as a coach you get the chance to play seven home games they got right away championed and in up following years they always were up there Kudwa, uh, I, I, he was never head coach before. Last year was his first job as a head coach um, within a club who has a well organized, well organized structure. Does it mean they have no problems? Of course they have. Every club has problems, especially in India. But a certain setup, certain structure, and the club believing in you, giving you a chance, is 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 essential for a club to uh, to win. Goa, the last three seasons uh, had the same head coach uh, till. Bates, they never became champions, but the coach got the chance. Eventually, they kicked out the coach. Yeah, it's still a question why, uh, but that's not up to me. Uh, but uh, if you if you build something, you build something together. Supporters, club, coach, and players. There has to be some cohesiveness in order to build something. And the more money you have, the better you can bring in certain qualities from players, from coaches, uh, infrastructure, uh, field, etc., the more chance you have of succeeding. But it never, ever gives you uh, uh, a security of succeeding because football is too complex. Uh, there are a lot of uh, dynamics that, that can, can bring, make problems, even if you have the best setup and the best players. Real Madrid is a very good example of that. Years ago, it's, I'm talking about uh, the beginning of... of uh, to, uh, what is it? Uh, 2010. Uh, I remember they had the best players in the world, but somehow were not succeeding, and they have a huge budget. So football is not just it's not just best good best players, best coach. There are a lot of things at play. So uh, just moving back to your beginnings, was there ever a time you wanted to be a player because you started as a coach and you were the youngest UEFA uh, Pro license coach from uh, Netherlands? So at 28, yeah. I think. So, was coaching always your calling? No, actually, I was a very, very talented player. I uh, started when I was seven years old. Um, at the age of 11, I got uh, scouted for a professional uh, team in, in Holland, uh, Fortuna Sittard. They are now also in the highest league. Um, they, they last years, last two years, they're back in the highest league, but before that, the second division, and before that, long time, always in the highest league. I went through the whole uh, education system uh, of uh, this uh, club till I was uh, 18. And when I was 18, I had a huge uh, uh, personal uh, setback. That means my mother uh, committed suicide, and that had a huge impact on my career. Um, The next three years uh, upcoming, I was not even... Um, how can I say that, uh, wanting to play football. I was still playing. Uh, eventually, I left this academy. And by academy, I mean this, this club. Uh, but I was, was stepping out of it. Uh, slowly, slowly, uh, I wanted to come back in football. Uh, I still played till I was 23, I think, something. Uh, went back to um, an, an amateur league. It's like the third division in, in, in Holland, third division level. Then in the same year, I got recruited by a Belgian club uh, who played semi-professional. Uh, but I never really went back to to yeah the qualities that... that uh, and it had, more, as I said, with my personal event, uh, my mother committing suicide. 
Um, and at the same time, I was doing sports university, uh, was already into coaching, um, had an internship with a club that I worked for 11 years, where I really started my coaching, Vivi Venlo. And when I was 22 something, I, 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 or 23, I, uh, I decided to, to quit my career and go on with the, the coaching. Till today, till today, that is, uh, uh, I regret that because football is still the, the playing yourself football is is still the 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 most beautiful thing to do and i was very a very skilled player i had a a lot of talent but in the end yeah i maybe as a coach i would not be where i now where i am now uh, but overall uh, yeah sometimes things happen in your life that have to deal with and that's uh, how my career uh, became from player to uh, to a coach so and then you decided you worked a little bit uh, in Netherlands, of course, but then you were in yeah. Oman, UAE, Saudi. Uh, so what yeah. made you and Ghana as well in Africa as well? So what made you decide to go away from Europe? Because a lot of the coaches would prefer to stay. At home. Yeah, uh, that's very simple. Uh, the club uh, where I was just talking about where I started my career uh, was VVV Venlo. They also play in the highest division. Um, I actually, on age 24, 25, uh, was the first time I didn't have my highest, highest coaching license yet, uh, but I uh, was head coach for three games. I got an, uh, how do you call it, uh, like uh, a caretaker. caretaker. Uh, still in the history of this club, uh, still in the history of this club, I'm the only undefeated coach, but it was only for three games, but still. <laughs> um, then... Um, I stayed at the club at the age of 28. I uh, succeeded to get my UEFA Pro license. And I stayed at this club for uh, 11 years. No, what is it? 10 years, something like that. Uh, and then a colleague of mine, he went to the, to the Middle East. Uh, and he was the head coach and I was his assistant. And I am a very adventurous person. So uh, this club where I was... At that uh, period of time, they were financially not doing really well. Uh, they were going backwards. Um, so I looked for a new uh, adventure, went to the Middle East. And two years later, this club got the new investors and uh, rebuilt. So I should have been a little bit more patient. But as I said, uh, I, I took a new adventure. And yeah, that led me to, uh, to where I am now. Um, I stayed for four years. Uh, with uh, the coach that that I went with uh, to the Middle East, uh, he left Africa to Australia, became uh, their national team coach of the under 23, I think. But in the period that I stayed in the Middle East, I met my wife, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I and my wife is from here. She's from Egypt. Uh, that's why I got stuck uh, in uh, in the Middle East, and my career took off here. Uh, but if you ask me, uh, would I go back to Europe? in a heartbeat uh, because yeah to, to to build your career work on the highest highest level is always uh, yeah a dream uh, but that's a little bit the, in a nutshell the story why i'm in here and why i left uh, holland but how difficult is it to break back into europe after going to asia and stuff like that because who said uh, maybe very, roy hodgson very difficult no, very difficult because in the end, uh, if 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 people and and this is the difficult thing in 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 uh, in football and I think in all life, is uh, people look at your CV and they look at oh he worked in India and they will say oh India is not really really great, uh, so 
in order to go back, you really need to be a little bit lucky that you that through context or, or somebody uh, is enthusiastic about your philosophy and will give you a chance. But in the end, yeah, there are. Look at at. I will reverse it. Uh, Kerla Blasters a few seasons ago took uh, René Mullestein. Um, René Mullestein was before in Holland, never coached in Holland, had no big CV, but somehow he got got uh, uh, lucky by uh, getting into Manchester United, developed himself there as an assistant coach. And Kerla Blasters saw this, oh, this is a big name, Manchester United, but he didn't do anything at, at Kerla Blasters. That doesn't mean he's not a good coach. But the name Manchester United, we get excited and we take him. The other way around, it works the same thing for me. If you don't have a big name on your CV, you will, it's very difficult to go back uh, to Europe. So while I am 100% convinced that I could uh, work in Premier League or, or in Dutch uh, Eredivisie, the, the highest league, uh, I'm 100% convinced of that. But yeah, yes. yeah, that, that is what it is. So it is difficult to go back. Yes. Uh, now to quite uh, small, small tidbit questions. You are a big fan of Johan Cruyff. Uh, how much yeah. has he been an influence to you? And do you feel like that is the right way to play football? Or do you feel there is no right way to play football? Uh, football, in the end, if you... Let me say it like this. Uh, if there was a formula, and I make it very simple. Uh, I, I always, I'm a very logic, logic thinker. <laughs> if you uh, have a mathematical equation, and I make it very simple, 2 plus 2 plus 2 is 6. Uh, you can also play, say, 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 is 6. So 6 times 1. You can also say 2 times 3 is 6. So there are a lot of numbers in order to have the same outcome. But they're all exactly have the same outcome. In football, that's impossible. You, you cannot have an equation. You cannot have put certain qualities together that you for sure will get results. The better you fit certain qualities together, the more chance you have for results. So there is no there is no um, fixed way of playing football. There are different styles, and the if a coach or a club uh, every year, and I go what I for instance I'm very very interesting is Atletico Madrid, uh, how uh, Simeone, who doesn't play the style of football that I like, but somehow he manages to Every year, being up there with with a lesser budget, a lesser budget than other clubs have, every time good strikers leave the club and coming back. So the way they structure, the way they work without becoming champion is fantastic. They are getting fantastic results without becoming champion. So if you have that setup, that's something I I, uh, I like, and I'm sure there is a is a way of working together that that I would love to be part of. And if you go back to Johan Cruyff, Johan Cruyff for me is an example of uh, who had a huge influence on football. Many young people don't know this. In the 70s, if you go and watch uh, the 1974 national team, they introduced total football. That means pressing, uh, playing on the offside, forward, uh, defenders start attacking, an attacking football uh, keeper who plays football in the back. Um, that came from the Dutch uh, uh, football school, especially Johan Cruyff. Uh, he did the same thing 
in the in the halfway 90s or beginning 90s when he became coach of Barcelona. It's the first dream team. This where was Guardiola was was a part of. When he put Guardiola on the on the defensive midfield position, everybody was saying he's too small. He's too he's not not strong enough to play as a defense midfield. But he was the key player because his thinking of football was different, Cruyff. And that was the first dream team. So his his knowledge about football and actually going against what everybody thinks is normal has proven as a player and as a coach that he had uh, enormous influence. Um, there are certain things to me, they are a bit extreme that I don't agree on, but 80 to 90% of what he did as a player and as a coach, I never see any player do that. Uh, and now what I mean by that as a, uh, a total package. So, for instance, you cannot compare Cruyff to Messi or you cannot compare Cruyff to Maradona uh, because um, Cruyff was more multifunctional. He had, he could score goals, he was hardworking, uh, had enormous vision, uh, so he had the total package. And he also did that as a coach. And I never see any other player who, who did that in, in my life. So, yes, he had a huge influence on me. The one thing... Uh... That great Dutch team where Johan Cruyff was part of, uh, they played the finals of Euros and all that. Uh, I met J- Johan Nieskins in India, in yeah. Bangalore. He was just walking around and I was just thinking, I know I know this guy from somewhere. So eventually we found yeah. out it's Nieskins. Uh, nobody recognizes him most of the time. I mean, obviously in Dutch league, obviously they do. Uh, in India and all, he was freely walking around. Nobody recognized him because he's the other Johan. And he played for that Barcelona team as well. Yeah. It was yeah, that tack- exactly. hard tackling midfielder. So, so when you're talking about, because uh, Johan Cruyff wanted him in the team, also in the national team, was he the best player? No, but if you if you uh, if you if you if you um, establish a team, you need to find the balance between, let's say, that one player has enormous fantastic attacking qualities then you need all and he's a bit lazy then you need to find someone behind it who compensates his defensive work and that's how you need to fit things together and Johan Neskes was one of those players who compensates especially for 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 Johan Cruyff or for the for the team um, and uh, to Barcelona the first team that uh, Guardiola had he had uh, Abidal on the left back position and Pujol on the centre-back position, if you go and check in videos how many times, because Barcelona was pressing forward, always play on the half of the opponent, when they lose the ball, how many times either Pujol or uh, Abidal recovered the ball on the last moment by a sliding or whatever. Nobody sees that. But they were key key things to, to, um, to find balance in a team. That You have also players who do dirty work, who, who, who cover other players' qualities. So that's how you have to see that when you talk about Johan Neskis. And what is the best, who's the best player you've coached? The best player I coach, um, let me say the best player, I, I didn't right away directly coach him, but I was assistant coach, George Weah. George Weah uh, was player of uh, AC Milan, uh, best player in the world. Who had, yeah. uh, so when I was in um, in my first year 
in the United Arab Emirates in Al Jazeera. He was player of the first team there. And I was coach of the under 18 and assistant coach. Uh, so that's the player that, that I really, yeah, that was fantastic to see him uh, in, uh, in training. And uh, yeah, he was best player in the world. Yeah. So um, if directly, directly influenced with coaching, there was George Weah. And if I think as a head coach, um, I really have to have to think. Um, I think it was my first year actually in in India. It was uh, Carlos Hernandez. He was also a very very good player. Where I say played in the World Cup for uh, Costa Rica. He had also really special uh, special qualities. I really have to think back in all the teams in all the players that we had. But uh, if I have to pick one for sure, that would be would be George Weah. Yeah, nobody. I, mean, I don't know why people don't remember in Monaco in AC Milan. He started that celebration also. What is a yeah. great player? So uh, yeah. not Ogbeche or Gaigo. I thought you would say Ogbeche uh, or Gaigo. If Ogbeche is a very special player and one of one of also the best that I coach, Gaigo, uh, I worked with one year, uh, great player. But uh, as I said, yeah, he. he he only played in Uruguay, and and if I talk about um, uh, what's his name Carlos Hernandez, he played on the World Cup, and he was he was really a good player. He, he yeah he had special qualities. So you also sometimes quality is sometimes difficult to to compare players with uh, with each other. But uh, these are Gallego was also a fantastic player within India, that's for sure. In Holland. Actually, in Holland, uh, when I assistant coach, the best, one of the best defenders was John de Wolf, who played uh, also national team. I have to go back to, 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 to because I'm sure there are some players that, that I forget. Who's the best Indian? Best Indian? Uh, I will mention two or three. One player I always really liked was Kevin Lobo uh, from Goa uh, at my time at East Bengal. Uh, I think he was a really good, uh, good player who was very creative. Uh, I do think he could get more out of his career, uh, but he was, as a quality, uh, for sure, was up there. Um, I go for a defender is uh, Deepak Mandel. Uh, was uh, he's also older? I don't, I don't think if young players still know him, but he, he's one of the most famous defenders probably in Indian football. Very, uh, very, very nice person also. And um, I would go for um, uh, probably Borges that, that, that I think who has. So I took a defender, an attacker and a midfielder, uh, Borges. And of course, Sunil Chatri, uh, but I never worked with him. Uh, but yeah, what absolutely stands out and that's, that's a quality, scoring goals, having the ability to score goals is something that, that yeah, that, that is not... You don't find easily, so uh, those th- I would go for those four. And the most potential that you've seen in a player in India? For sure, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Samuel. Samuel uh, is if you if if you analyze the qualities, he, top player, top player. Uh, good vision, good passing, good skills. Uh, so purely the qualities, uh, uh, Samuel. Very smart. Uh, understands right away when you explain something to him. But the only thing I told it in other interviews, he needs to build a little bit of physical strength. And that doesn't mean that that he needs to kick and it's just a little bit of upper body. 
because in the end you need to to uh, also Messi is very small, but he, you don't push him off the ball. You, you understand what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. uh, that's the only thing, that, in my opinion, that he was lacking. But uh, quality-wise, Samuel absolutely uh, a very good player. So this is the last question. Uh, will we see you again in India? Is that something that you want to pursue, or are you looking towards going back to Europe? I keep everything open. Um, to be honest, uh, that uh, I didn't uh, get to continue for the next season with Keller Blasters, it was a huge disappointment because I do feel it could, because it's a big club, it gets a lot of attention. It, it yeah, also could help me for in your career. Uh, coming back to India um, is always an option. Uh, so so let's see what happens. But till now, uh, everything is still open and, and no... Uh, no specific offers or no specific uh, connections that I have. But at, this, at the moment also, yeah, most clubs are, even in Europe, they are, yeah, not much is happening because of the situation. And uh, any clubs in particular that you would have liked, to, you would like to work in India? Yeah, I mean, the higher the better. So the clubs that are in the, in the top, uh, that is always uh, the, the, the best because you have the most chance of results. Um, but yeah, that, that that is what it is. I, I I think in India to choose a club, you you because all clubs have their problems and all clubs have their strengths. Uh, but uh, I keep things open. Uh, but yeah, the higher the better. That's that that's uh, that's logic. So I hope to see you soon in India. Or if if that's not what you would like, that's fine too. Because it was a great experience uh, talking to you. I had a good fun. Uh, thanks all for right. being very honest as well in your. Uh, conversation and all the best all the best to your future all right thank you cheers that was elko shatori speaking to injury time i hope you had fun and we will bring more such conversation to your ears every week to keep abreast with us follow us on facebook instagram twitter at injury time ind and on youtube at injury time podcast where we have some clips already added and we'll be adding more as soon as we figure out some of the finer details and logistics thank you for your support until next time stay safe and enjoy the game